Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Welcome back, everyone. I am super excited to have Danielle Boonstra in Wonderland. Danielle is a writer, coach, and a student and a teacher of A Course in Miracles. She shares her journey in such an authentic and honest way, and I just love all the intention she gives to all of her work and connect with her and her mission so much. Her amazing first novel, Without Fear of Falling, was published in 2013, April of last year, and I'm so excited to dive into her journey, some le- some lessons from writing, and, and kind of what's next for her. So I look up to you so much, Danielle, and um, you're constantly inspiring me on social media, so I know you're going to inspire the heck out of all of us today when we chat. So thank you so much for stopping by the Wellness Wonderland. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you for having me. Of course. Okay, so let's get started by... Zooming the lens back a bit here and um, starting with your background. So have you always been on a spiritual path and what was kind of the catalyst that brought you to A Course in Miracles and where you are now? Hmm. I, I would not say that I was always on a spiritual path. I think I was always wondering, I, I think I always felt that there was something more than what I could see with my physical eyes. Mm-hmm. Say, let's put it that way. But I wasn't really sure what that meant. I wasn't sure if I believed in God, at least not the God that I had learned about, not necessarily from my family, but just in a general way. Um, and um, I, I, I don't think my search for... Um, like my spiritual path, I should say, it didn't start till probably my late 20s. um, When I was about just after I had my my second child, so I was 28. um, We my my husband and I were going through a lawsuit, uh, a multi million dollar lawsuit uh, that really had us look at, uh, we thought we could lose everything. Um, so there was a lot of fear, a lot of toxicity going on. And um, again, that whole that whole idea that there must be something more than this kept running through my, my mind. And um, it was funny because what actually ended up happening was I found The Secret, the movie The Secret. And that, I would say, would, be, would have been the catalyst. Um, you know, I've since sort of expanded beyond the law of attraction, but I think that it's it was for me very helpful at the time. Um, just helped me to see that there was there was more. Yeah, was, you know that I it, that I didn't just have to do what the world said I had to do. You know, get married, have two kids, um, work nine to five till I retire. That there was there was something. If I wanted to do something else, I could do that. Um, and so that led me to different teachers. The secret led me to different teachers like Wayne Dyer and Marianne Williamson. And I connected with uh, Gabby Bernstein in like fall of 2009, I guess. And, um, and then found her site, um, Her Future, and met a whole bunch of women, like-minded women, who I'm still friends with now, 
um, some of who are my closest friends, actually. Um, so I met them on Gabby's social media site, or um, herfuture.com. And that let, just completely opened my world again um, and had more experiences. I realized that I was intuitive um, through a bunch of experiences and uh, decided to hone that gift um, and then uh, found the course, um, A Course in Miracles, kind of at the same time through Marianne and Gabby. And that has changed my life completely. So, uh, wow. yeah, it's so funny. I, um, I was actually just listening to like an old podcast of, of Gabby's this morning as I was, um, as I was getting ready and, and she was saying, um, you know, the law of attraction, she was asked, you know, do you teach the law of attraction in your work? Right. And her, her response to that question was, well, I think that the law of attraction is behind any spiritual teaching, um, sure. just unleashing your power to it. And it's funny that you said the secret was how you kind of got into this work, because that's exactly what happened for me, actually. I was in high school, and I haven't really shared this yet, but um, I was like at one of those courses for like the um, tests you have to take, like the SATs or whatever. Okay. And the um, one like the teacher of the course was like, you guys should watch this movie. And I think a lot of the other kids were like, oh, whatever, you know, but I was like, I want to do it, you know. And then from there, it was like my whole life. It was just I was like, oh, my gosh, this is this is pretty powerful stuff. And and same Mm -hmm. thing led me to Gabby and you and all of these amazing um, teachers as well. So it's really funny, you know, it's, it's like what Gabby always says, you know, the book falls off the shelf or the sure. teacher appears when you're ready. And, mm-hmm. and that's definitely um, been the case for, for both of us. So, and then the other thing from what you said that I wanted to touch on is just the importance of community when you are starting um, yeah. a spiritual path or when you are starting really anything, you know, just having that community for support. So can you talk a little bit about that and um, how you were able to reach out to Gabby and how you were able to find connection. Um, so it's funny, you know, I was thinking about this cause someone asked me a while ago, how did you get like connect with Gabby? And she actually reached out to me on Twitter and, and said, I think you would really like, um, this, um, social network that I have. And so I checked it out because at the time, Twitter was really new, and most people were kind of using it for online marketing things, and I was a little skeptical, but she was super cute. Her picture yeah. was cute, so I thought, I'll try it. And um, and I was, like, floored, because it was this, like, lovely little space, which is, like, now blown up, but at the time, there was, like, 1,200 people on it, and um, 1,200 women. And uh, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is just a space for – for like when you because when you first see it one of the featured groups and it still is is shared prayers and I thought oh my goodness like a safe space to talk about God and the universe and um you know intention and positivity and um and yet at the same time there was there was she calls them power posses as opposed to groups um there are power posses around addiction and recovery and um, food addiction, which is something that I've suffered with. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. This is like a beautiful healing space. So um, to get back to your question about community, that's exactly what I needed. Because, and I didn't know it at the time. And it's not that I didn't have good friends. It's that we were sort of at different places in our life and our journeys. 
And so this was a space with women um, who were in a similar place in their journey that I could connect with. And we were speaking the same language. And that was so important at that time. I was home with my two kids. My daughter at the time would have been uh, four and my son would have just been over a one-year-old. And so you feel very isolated when you're an at-home mom. You can anyways. I did. And um, this was the stuff that I was interested in. I was interested in healing and spirituality, reaching out and um, learning. And that, that herfuture.com was a perfect space for, for me to do that. So, so important. So cool. So at that time, you know, you got had started to get into it and, and then you really became a leader in that space and in that community. And then Mm -hmm. now with the work that you do. So did you know at the time that you wanted to be a leader and a teacher? And how did you transition to being a leader in that community? Um, No, I didn't. I was there to learn. Um, I I felt completely ill-equipped to lead in any in any sense. Um, but what happened, cause what happens when you do this work is that your wounds are exposed and opened and what you choose to do with that is completely up to you. And what I chose to do was to be completely honest. So I think about six months after I joined her future, I, I decided to go public. I had a blog at the time, so that was my way of going public. I still have that blog actually. Um, about my bulimia. So I was honest that I had been bulimic. Uh, since I was 15, and still was at the time, um, suffering, you know, from from bouts of it, of food addiction, and 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 even bur- binging, binging and purging, I should say. So um, I could, it just became completely nakedly honest about that, and that because I was able to because I was able to do that, it started a conversation, and eventually led to me healing myself, which led to me teaching others about that. Um, and, um, I, I, you know, I don't know if I would use the term teaching as much as mentoring, because I think when it's shared pain, that's more what it is. It's not really about teaching, but about like, this is where I've been and this is where I am now. And I can show you how I did it kind of a thing. Mm. Um, so that was really the impetus was just my willingness to be honest about my own struggles. Wow. Um, I think, yeah, I think authenticity is really the, Sometimes, I I mean, I can relate to that too. It's like sometimes you put something out there to kind of say, I'm healing this and just show that you're doing that. And then all of a sudden when you share that kind of in a public way, you know, blogging really allows us to do that. All Mm -hmm. of a sudden, even though you weren't even, I know for me, you know, same thing, struggling with eating disorder, exact same thing. Um, When you put it out there, it's like, I wasn't even putting it out there in a place to teach, but I was just kind of showing where I was with it. And yeah. you still may be a, I don't really want to use the word ahead, but you may be at a different place in your journey than somebody else that you can help them. And then they come to you. And it's Absolutely. like, um, I think just sharing often, authentically really kind of brings people to that. So I want to um, get into some of these concepts here. Um especially with with surrounding food and and a lot of other things. But I guess before we do that, I want to just kind of let our listeners know who may not be um, familiar with the course. Um, A Course in Miracles is this beautiful metaphysical text that Danielle and I keep um, talking about that we study as well as our mentor Gabrielle Bernstein and Marianne Williamston and and so many more. But um, it's really about shifting your thoughts from a perspective of fear to love. 
And um, before we get kind of get into those concepts, and I and I really want to get into them with Danielle a bit, but um, Danielle is also the founder of this beautiful site called MiraclesShare.org, which we'll have the link to below, which is an amazing community um, of people who come together to share their journey. Could you talk us talk to us a little bit about that site and how you decided to create it, and and kind of what that is? Sure. Um, now I gotta think here. When was that? <laughs> to, it must have been the end of 2011. Um, near the end of 2011, and I remember standing in my kitchen and just thinking, like this thought sort of comes through me: What if there was a place to go where people could just talk about the course? Mm-hmm. And and um, I had a good friend, two good friends actually that I went to, but one, the one good friend ended up being the one that partnered up with me. Um, Corinne Zupko, I went to her and I said, what do you think about this? And she was like, Danielle, (laughs) I have had the same idea for so long and I've just been too scared to do it by myself. But if I do it with you, I think we can do it. And so that's exactly what we did. We launched it in, I'm going to say January, 2012. I'm pretty sure that's when it was two years ago. And, um, you know, it's been growing slowly ever since. So it's a social network for students and teachers of A Course in Miracles. Now, if you are a student of the course, then you probably know that there are different editions of the course and that there, you know, because the ego is right out there with everyone, um, there are differing opinions on which is the right version. And our intention, along with the Holy Spirit, who is the voice of the, of the course, um, was that it didn't matter what, which edition you studied, um, which teachers you loved most, um, or, or trusted or, or, or whatever, um, that this was a safe space for everyone who is helped by the messages of A Course in Miracles to come and share and learn and teach and, um, and just be. And we have members all around the world, every continent, I think, except Antarctica. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just beautiful. Um, there's, you know, we have loving ground rules about, um, you know, uh, debate, because it's not a form for debate. It's a form for sharing. Um, but there, there, there definitely are discussions about things. And, um, and uh, it's, it's guided by the Holy Spirit. Corinne and I just do really the bare minimum to sort of keep it going. But people find it on their own. We do, we do very little, uh, next to n- no advertising at all about it. Um, and yet it, people keep finding it. So, um it's it's a wonderful um, thing to be associated with, and uh, um, Corinne and I uh, feel very blessed to to be associated with it. So, yeah, absolutely. I think giving people that that platform to talk about this of just like her future and and now there's now it's becoming you know more more prevalent but you know like you were saying before you know you may have great friends and great family and and you probably do but if this conversation is new to them or not something that they're open to and then you may not have a place to go and share and it's like these deep conversations that we're about to get into right now and just really talking about these concepts I mean for me and I'm sure you can relate to this too Danielle like there's nothing I love more than like talking with a friend and like really getting into this stuff and like saying, you know, this is what my ego came up with today. Like, can we laugh about that? Or like, sure. you know, this is like a funny thing that I'm having a, a thought I'm having a problem with. And just re- really being able to like talk in that dialogue with someone yeah. I think is is really powerful. And then getting their opinion and just talking things through. And I think um, – 
giving, providing people a space to be yes. able to do that is, is really, really powerful. And that's the thing, you know, it, it's all the same stuff. It's all good if you can just be in that place um, of really kind of letting it happen. So mm-hmm. thank you for creating that. Oh, <laughs> listening to that call, right? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, okay, cool. So I want to get into some of these concepts, like we were saying, and go really deep. So um, I have so much I want to ask you, but I think what I want to start with, um, we you kind of mentioned it before with the food stuff, which is very tricky um, from A Course in Miracles perspective. And mm-hmm. um, so, so getting into that here, um, I guess my question for you is this. So when we restrict our food or when we binge or whatever your issue is, you know, and, and you, this applies if it's not food for you, whatever it is. But speaking, we're gonna we're gonna talk in terms of food right now, um, drugs, whatever it is. When you do that, when you do that thing, you're f- not feeling a feeling that you don't want to feel. You're mm-hmm. handling it when it comes up by restricting or binging to not feel it and do something mm-hmm. else instead. So, mm-hmm. um, when you are in that place where you have a feeling that you don't want to feel and your natural or your what used to be your natural coping mechanism was to restrict or bend or whatever it is, um, how do you pivot? What is kind of your default protocol method for coping and pivoting yourself, coaching yourself back in and, and feeling that feeling? Um, for me, it's allowing the feeling to come, witnessing it with a higher power. So witnessing my anxiety, witnessing my anger, witnessing my fear, but inviting a higher power to do that with me. And for me, I, I use the term the Holy Spirit. You know, it can be Archangel Michael, it can be the universe, it can be your deceased grandmother, whatever works for you, yeah. something higher than yourself. Um, and so I invite the Holy Spirit to look at this with me in my mind. And, um, this is, this is the place that I've gotten to now. So there were many steps before this, because I realized for a beginner, this sounds a little bit wonky or a little bit just not, um, uh, like concrete enough, I guess, but this is what I do now. So I invite, um, the Holy Spirit to look at this with me. And I feel the feeling and I witness it with the Holy Spirit and then I let it go. I ask to see it differently. So um, the work is really done outside of myself. Well, I should say instead of the wrong mind, which is the the mind that is feeling the fear, perceiving the fear, perceiving the anxiety, I am willing to see it with the right mind. And the right mind will always see everything with love. So that's what I'm asking to, to, to have happen is to witness this with love um and this is all happening in my mind um pretty quickly because i've been doing this for a long well not a long time but right gosh uh three and a half years i guess which isn't super long but i do it intensely every day so it does feel long (laughs) yeah and i'm still learning um but that's that's really all it is, is when instead of reaching for food or alcohol or um, or letting myself just blow up in anger, I try to, not always successfully, but I try to um, give it to the Holy Spirit. So um, as often as I can, that is what I do. I, I invite the Holy Spirit to witness 
uh, my anxiety with me and to ask to see it differently. Nice. So like you said, that's where you are now, but that's not kind of how it started off for you. So now would you say that this is like your intuitive go-to thing where maybe you would have reached for food or for whatever it is for people? Now you reach for higher thoughts, but how did you, how did you tone that muscle, right? Like how did you get to that point where that's what you do daily? And do you have any tips for people just getting started at um, really like working that muscle so that does become your default? Yes, because at the beginning I did it in more, more of a meditation. So I would t- take the time to sit down and review my day. So and, and at any point that I felt my peace had been disturbed. So if I was cut off in traffic and I and I, you know, swore or um, any little thing, um, you know, my 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 kids got on my nerves and I and I let them get on my nerves. Um, if I reached for the food, if I reached for the glass of wine, sitting down in meditation, going over those moments and doing it differently, putting myself back in that moment and instead reaching for, for my higher power and asking for help in that moment. So reviewing it as opposed to like being in the moment and putting that pressure on yourself to remember every single time, which you're not going to do, um, to take the time later at some point in the day and to go over those times again and do it differently. And that's how you wanted your day to go, right? With a, whole, with a higher power for me, the Holy Spirit, as opposed to with fear. Mm, I love that. So, that's that's interesting. So, um, so, so thinking about that, I want to get into your specific practices later in the um, conversation. But so with that part of your practice, at the end of the day, do you do that like in the evening? You let into your mind all of those ways that your day didn't go well and kind of um, bring attention to them and kind of acknowledge them and then mm-hmm. let them go away. Is that kind of the, the practice that you you have? Well, I think recognizing that, you know, I think it's important to enter into any practice like this, recognizing your innocence, you know, you're just opening up to this, this is a whole new way of seeing yourself and and your life and, and to, to go in with a a sense of gentleness and kindness towards yourself, because um, judging yourself is really counterproductive. Um, So to go into this practice, um, recognizing that you're innocent and that uh, you're doing your best. And now this is a time for you to sit and be willing to see your day differently and to go over those moments and um, with the intention of letting them go, letting that fear and anxiety go, giving it over to a higher power so that you may accept the the loving lens instead. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So I guess just to clarify, you know, um, so when you are in those moments, when you are kind of in that meditation at the end of the day, when you are thinking of those things are bound to happen, how do you like define the difference between not judging yourself but acknowledging that you would have wanted them to be different or see them differently? Does that I make think sense? it would, yeah, of course. I think it would go on how you feel. So if you're if when you're thinking of that moment, say um, when your child is annoying you and you lost it. Um, if, and you're thinking of yourself, you're witnessing yourself with the higher power, right? So it's like, so, so picture yourself, my, my teacher, Ken Wapnick always uses this example that you're sitting in the theater and you're watching up on the screen, like the movie of your life, right? Mm -hmm. 
So you're sitting there with your higher power. Let's say he always uses the example of Jesus. And uh, so you're sitting there with Jesus, watching yourself in the kitchen with your two-year-old and getting annoyed, right? Right. And um, how are you feeling? Because if you look over at Jesus, Jesus is probably smiling, right? You're innocent. You're, you, you chose fear. And it's, it's okay. In that moment, you chose fear. And you're probably feeling... So if you're feeling anything other than that you're innocent, then you're judging, Right. Um, so if you're feeling tense, looking at yourself doing that, if you're feeling upset, looking at yourself doing that, look to Jesus and see how Jesus is feeling, see how Jesus sees it, which is that you're innocent. And, um, that's the whole point in bringing in the higher power, because if you're doing it with yourself, you are going to judge, but being willing to see it, um, with love, to see yourself with love, to see your child with love, that brings back the innocence, the peace and the love. Mm, I love that. And I know for me, and just to throw this out there for people, for me, pen to paper is huge for this. And, and you know, I think be doing it in a meditation or, you know, if it's helpful for people to, to do this on paper, you mm-hmm. know, in a, in a note can be really positive too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, okay. So the next thing I want to get into, I've been dying to ask you this actually. So you tweeted something really powerful a while back and, um, it's funny because at the time I didn't fully get it and it's funny. It finds you when, when it needs to, you know, and I, and I heard it again and you said something like, you don't want to face the truth, but when you're on a spiritual path, the truth will be in your face. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so good. It's just such a such a powerful one. So um, I said that in an email to Gabby, I think. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, well, can you, um, can you walk us through that concept a little bit and what sure. you meant by that? Um, well, basically that when that, that spirituality, when practiced authentically, um, makes you be honest with yourself. Yeah. It, it, it forces you to look at your life and be honest. Um, I found that in 12 steps and I have found that in my forgiveness practice with a course in miracles. And just to clarify that that's, that's, um, that is the practice of a course in miracles is, um, authentic forgiveness, true forgiveness. Um, so, um, yeah. And I remember exactly why I said that I was, I was speaking, I was emailing back and forth with Gabby and, um, there was there was something that I was going through, so I didn't. I wasn't sure if I was going to get into this, but I well, let's just get into it. This yeah. is the first time I've spoken about it publicly, but that's okay. <laughs> so um, I was talking to Gabby in that email where I said that quote that you said um, about my marriage. Uh, my marriage ended on July nineteenth. We decided my husband and I s- decided to separate because for two just over two years we had been struggling with his sexuality. And, um, at, in July of this past year, we both came to the conclusion that he is in fact a gay man. And so we decided to, um, to, to part ways and we were still best friends. Um, but at, at the time, what I was speaking about to Gabby was just that this was something that, you know, I just was not willing to face, you know, we, right. we, he and I would go back and forth about whether or not he was bisexual or gay. And, and neither of us could admit that he was actually gay. And, um, it was just what I was saying to her was that I could tell that it was inevitable that the, you know, um, at a certain point it was inevitable that I had to admit that he was gay and that I had to, um, 
leave that we had to leave that marriage that the 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 form of our relationship had to change so the content like the deep love and respect that we share and will always share will not change but the form of the relationship had to and so that's what i meant about being on a spiritual path i could not ignore it anymore it's like you get to the point where you feel yes. physically sick yeah if you keep denying something that is so there in your face and it's like it's there in your face mm-hmm. and it's gentle and loving and and you're just still so afraid but if you really um if you if you have the courage to to accept it yeah. and to and to and to step into it you will be taken care of wow it, this whole time i just i've been like wanting you're just so brave you know you're you're so brave and i'm so it's awesome that you shared this and it's awesome that we get to hear this and have a really a like really deep conversation about it because it's so true like I can relate so much just with you know something I'm even going through in my life right now um with it's like you these things that's like these uncomfortable conversation like a a breakup or a you know whatever it is um you don't want to do it, you know, because it doesn't mm-hmm. feel good and it's hard and it's it's not comfortable because the comfortable mm-hmm. thing for you to do is would to be probably to not bring attention to that and just stay in the marriage and how things were going and and mm-hmm. and just keep it up on that, you know, even keel. But like you want a life that's better. You want to feel the like richness of, you know, heartbreak and the richness of all of these different levels of life and and I think that that's really powerful and I think um you know for me I've been thinking a lot about that quote and a lot about um what you said and it's like these conversations that you don't want to have it's so much easier to stay in that comfort but Mm -hmm. to getting and letting yourself go into that vulnerability into that discomfort because I think you know for you and I'm sure you can probably agree to this that like there was probably part of you that knew that it would be better even though the initial thing might be not great and having initial conversations and and getting used to it but in the long term and and in general it was going to be a better outcome and you probably could already feel some of that freedom Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely so I I just think first of all I want to like commend you for how brave you are for actually you know really listening to that and 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 just saying all that but but also um thinking about that and the discomfort of the the truth being in your face now that you are so aware that it's like sometimes for me I notice that like you know I'm on this path and I am so aware of these feelings that I don't want to feel you know Mm -hmm. and I would used to you know cover them up with with food or with you know tv or with whatever you know we do to like numb out as humans to just cope with you know life um but sometimes there's so much, you know, I feel so aware that I just want to shut it off. You know, I want to zone out by, you know, like watching a YouTube video or getting onto my computer or Instagram or whatever it is, you know, and I just want to like zone out whether it's a healthy way or an unhealthy way. But where does that like fit in? Like, is that part of the discomfort of life? Like, is it Is it okay to want those moments to just like zone out and like not feel the feeling and just read a good book or like be on Instagram or or do whatever? Or is that the time? Because I I find myself feeling very guilty for wanting to do those things and wanting to not feel the feeling, even if it's in an unhealthy way. Mm -hmm. So like where does that fit in? And is it okay to ever not face the truth that's in your face? Is it okay to ever not feel that feeling? 
Absolutely, without a doubt, yes. Absolutely. Um, all of it is okay. Wherever you're at in your journey is okay. If you're not ready to forgive someone, it's okay. If you really want to just like stay home from work for a week and numb out and eat Cheetos, it's okay. It's completely okay. And guilt is what will keep you from the spiritual work every single time. The, 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 the difference is, are you doing it with awareness? So when you are choosing to watch YouTube videos instead of feeling that feeling, just be aware that that's what you're doing. You know, like just as you're watching your video, just, just be aware, like, okay, so I don't really want to feel uncomfortable right now. And so instead I'm choosing to watch YouTube and that's okay. And that awareness will lead you to do it, to, to really face it authentically at, at some point when it's right. You know, I'll say that the, t- the two years that my husband and I um, were going through all of this, I remember saying to him probably on three separate occasions that I knew I would let him go and that I knew it would be gentle, but I just wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. It's okay to not be ready, but I was aware that I would do it. And I wasn't sure how, I wasn't sure if it meant letting go of the marriage. I didn't know if it was letting go of the, of the, the, the level of commitment that we had. Like, I wasn't sure what I meant, but I just knew that I would let him go. So, um, you know, absolutely. It's okay to just be where you are, but to be where you are with awareness. Mm, Wow. That's not deny. So powerful. I feel like you just like took me off the hook and like made it okay. And, um, I guess, you know, my next question for you is kind of about handling that guilt, that guilt that will, will keep you stuck. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in, in what I said before about kind of wishing you, didn't know what you know, right? You know, wishing almost that you didn't have that awareness in the times where you don't want to feel the feeling and kind of wishing you could shut it off. I know for me, sometimes I feel like I want to just get back to simpler times, you know, like when I was a kid or with my childhood family where I didn't know any of this Mm -hmm. stuff almost. And it was like, you can just, like you want to go deeper and I know I do, but I'm, I must just not be ready during those times. Do you mm-hmm. have any advice for leaning into it? Or um, is that a time where you should just kind of take yourself off the hook? Yeah, I think I, I think anytime you're feeling guilty about not doing the work, that's you need to sit in that moment, take a deep breath and give that away. Give that to your higher power. Because, um, um, like I said, guilt will always keep you from doing the work. It's like, it's like the ego's, um, number one trick is, is guilt, you know, either guilt in yourself or seeing guilt in others. Um, so just being aware of that, um, did that answer your question? Yeah, Sorry. no, it, it totally okay. did. It okay. totally did. So the next thing that I, I wanted to get into with you, which is really funny looking at my notes and my questions is, um, relationships and how... Yeah relationships are our greatest assignments. Um, ah, yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, in any relationship, which this is just so perfect. I didn't know what was going on in your life, but it's so funny that I wrote this question. Um, every relationship, whether you're in it for however long you're in it, um, I'm sure you're so grateful for all of them and as am I for all the experiences um, that they've given you. So, Having um, courage to, when you're in a relationship and knowing it's an an assignment and being grateful for it, but inherently knowing, you know, it's not serving you anymore. And um, 
knowing that maybe there's nothing necessarily visibly wrong or you there, you have a choice. You could stay in it or you can intuitively feel it's not serving you anymore and you're ready to move on. What is the best way to, um, when you know you're in that place of moving on and taking those steps to keep yourself safe and to also keep the other person safe and ending relationships? Um, so you, are you asking when you've decided already to end the relationship or yeah. when, okay. So when you decided to end, but you the, know, it's going to be a painful experience and you almost are wanting to like lean out of it and not do it at all. Uh, not end the relationship. Like you, like you know that you want to, but, okay. um, you, it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be that, that kind of thing that, that feeling you don't want to feel almost thing. Surrender. Oh, just give it away. <laughs> I <laughs> I cannot tell you the amount of times that I got down on my knees. And um, I know that this all sounds really dramatic. And but it's you, you've got to go there because it's painful. And to pretend that it's otherwise is, is again, counterproductive. It's not going to help you. Um, so really, I, it is absolutely uncomfortable. Give it away. Give it away because um, you, you're not going through this alone. There is a higher power that guides you, that's with you through the whole thing, and it can be gentle. There will be times when you just want to cry your eyes out, times that you will feel completely at peace and know that you did the exact right thing, but all you can do is keep surrendering. To think that you have to go through this by yourself is what keeps you avoiding it, and knowing that you don't have to is what will allow you to give it away and finally feel at peace. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense, and it's so beautiful. I love the way that you said that. Um, so speaking of that and speaking of surrendering and, and letting things go, so really this this whole work that we're talking about is really just one right action at a time, making subtle shifts and really staying focused in this mindset but not being too hard on yourself. And mm-hmm. I know um, myself included and a lot of people struggle with consistency and feeling sure. like a fraud, you know, like I know for me, like I'll be really consistent and then I'll do, and then I won't or something. And I'll feel like, oh, you know, I'm just pretending this isn't real. I'm not, I'm just white knuckling it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and how do you really find relief for those types of feelings? Um, and just knowing that each right action adds up, especially when you're getting started. I think you have to be gentle on yourself. Um, and I think everyone will always, anyone who does this work will, uh, will admit that at some point they felt like a fraud and if not over and over and over again, because it's, it's hard not to let the world kind of get you down that way. It does. The language sounds odd, you know, right. it, and, and it, um, but I, I done it so often and so consistently for the past, uh, I guess four years that I, um, I've seen the difference. I mean, I could not have healed bulimia without a higher power, without doing this work. I could not have left my marriage without doing this work. There's no way. <laughs> I mean, it just, maybe I could have, but it, I, 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 I couldn't be where I am now with um, the amount of peace that I have about those, especially those two things, without a higher power, without a spiritual practice. Um, so I just would say, keep going. If there's something in you that says, this is the way, then keep going. 
you know, acknowledge the doubts. Don't push them under the rug. Like, look at them and then take a deep breath and keep going. Um, it's part, part of it. Doubt is part of it. The ego will always speak first and speak loudest every single time. Mm. And the only way to quiet that voice is to keep going and keep reaching. Keep reaching for your higher power. Mm, so good. Yeah, just keep reaching one one step at a time. I think that's yeah. such a great takeaway for this. So, um, you know, getting back a little bit to the to the food conversation, I had something else I wanted to ask you about that. So um, coming back to like the course perspective about food, it has really in- it's really interesting about um, how restricting your food or binging um, is feeding the ego in a sense right and Mm -hmm. um that you know that feel fearful mind for people um Mm -hmm. but from the course perspective how do you really rise above that you know it's not like other addictions um food addiction or um eating disorders it's not like other things where you can just Mm -hmm. stop you know we need food to live it's part of our lives so um could you talk about how you um really were able to rise above that in your life and any advice that you learned on your journey? Um, absolutely. I, I would say that the best, um, the best tool for me is eating with the Holy Spirit. So before I eat, say a little prayer and invite the Holy Spirit to eat with me um, so that I'm making this about simply nourishing my body and not about filling a void not about avoiding anything. It's simply about nourishing my body. I forget to do this, by the way, all the time. But when I remember, it's like um, you can actually enjoy a meal. And you'll notice, anyone who's ever had food addiction or any any problems with food at all, notice um, the difference between how you feel when you're eating alone, isolating, um, binging on something, and how you feel when you're sharing a meal with people you love and everyone's talking and joking and, and how you get to the end of the meal and realize you've eaten normally and feel full, like feel fulfilled and, um, and everything's okay. And it's because you've, the, the energy surrounding that meal has been loving and the energy surrounding the, the binging has been fearful. So it's the same act, but two different mindsets, right? So, no matter, no matter how, no matter the setting of your meal, uh, inviting the Holy Spirit transforms it into a loving experience. So it can always be that way. It takes practice, though, and it takes intention. Um, and you know, sometimes Gabby talks about this too. Sometimes you need the willingness to be willing. So even though you're you 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 say you're willing to eat to to, to have this meal with uh, be a loving experience you know that you're kind of fudging it. So, so just ask for the willingness to be willing to have this meal be a loving experience. Um, but that, that's been the number one thing that's helped me. Um, but <clears throat> what got me through healing bulimia was 12 steps. So um, I know we're not really supposed to talk about that publicly, but that, that is what helped me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's amazing. I think that that, that advice was really grounded and, um, and really great. So what about, do you ever, you said you forget to do that sometimes. I, oh, I, I forget all the time. I think that it's important um, to acknowledge that because if I pretend <laughs> that I do this every single time, I, I don't think that that's helpful because anytime no. that anyone else who's listening forgets, mm-hmm. they're going to feel guilty. I forget all the time. 
Yeah. And now I've done it enough that, you know, um, I don't suffer the way that I did. I do not suffer the way that I did. And I, I can see it coming. If, um, you know, I'm feeling anxious and I find myself walking to the fridge or walking to the cupboard, I have an awareness now. I know what I'm doing. And, yeah. and nine times out of 10, I can stop myself. In fact, I haven't binged or purged in two and a half years since June 13th, 2011. So Amazing. that was my, my uh, rebirth date. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, again, it, it takes practice, but be gentle. You will forget. I love, I love what you said there about really being honest um, with us and, and right here, just saying that that is something that you still do struggle with and you still yeah. do ever, you know, have to check back in and, and it, but now at least you have the awareness and that's just like that advice you gave me, you know, when for me, you know, if, it, if, if it's not food, it's, it's something else, you know, it's like, if you don't want to feel a feeling like, you know, the uh, food is one way of coping with it, but you can mm-hmm. also do it. And it's also not the worst, you know what I mean? There's, no. there's lots of other things that you can do, some healthy, some not healthy, you know, you can take a bath <clears throat> as a way to not, you know, maybe you're sitting there actually feeling it, or maybe you want to, you know, zone out and, and call a friend or um, watch a video or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, but just do, having the awareness of I'm avoiding, or I'm not, or just being there and being with it. I, I think that's really powerful and, and really, really beautiful work right there. And then the the other thing I want to mention too is um, Gabby gives this story about, you know, when, when you do forget where you are in those moments of not remembering, right there is an opportunity to pivot. Not the next meal, not the next day, not starting fresh next year, but like right there you can pivot. She, she told the story about eating a grapefruit once where she was – eating a grapefruit in the car and it was messy and she was like stressed. So she just turned to the grapefruit because that was like an old pattern for her and it mm-hmm. was messy and her fingers were sticky. And then she was like, no. And she came back to awareness. And she was like, no, I'm going to mindfully eat this later. And so she went inside and she started to be like really rushing. She had a lot to get done. And so right there again, she turned to the grapefruit and she was eating grapefruit. And then instead of being like, oh, I've already eaten half the grapefruit at this point, it's gone. I'm going to just keep going and, and do this in this frantic way and whatever. Right there again, she pivoted again and she sat down and she cut the grapefruit and she sat at the table away from her computer away from where she could get anything done and she just sat and like ate and drank her grapefruit and like actually tasted it and invited in the higher power of the universe or whatever you want to call it to like be there with her and actually had the awareness of what she was doing and she wasn't turning to the grapefruit out of fear but came to it out of this place of love and it was an entirely different experience and I think I love that story so much not to say like oh she did a perfect job but to hear like she didn't do a perfect job at all, but she decided to pivot halfway through and that's okay. You know, it's like literally my favorite story I think I've, I've ever heard because for me it was like, you know, when I am in that space, when I do do something that, you know, is an old pattern or whatever, it's like instead of, it's really changing that conversation with yourself opposed to, you know, oh, you just did your old thing again, that's okay, no problem, it's all right, or like, you know, what's wrong, you know, like, hey, like, look, something's up, like, that's a really great um, alarm to say, like, something's up if you're turning to the food, like, what do you need, you know, instead of like, oh my god, you're so bad, you're so terrible, why'd you do that, you know, like, that's not, like, talk to yourself like you're a child, or like you would talk to a friend, and I think just changing that inner conversation can be really powerful. Absolutely. Healing always happens in the present moment. So it's never too late. 
and you don't ever have to put it off into the future. It happens right now. So anytime you're thinking about, oh, could I change my mind right now? Could I change this right now? Yes, you can. Just exactly like what she did. Um, it's not, Yeah, it's never too late. I um, love that. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about um, gratitude a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, do you ever struggle with gratitude turning into fear, right? Like being so grateful for the way something is or almost in disbelief, you know, watching a new pattern in yourself or watching something that you created, a miracle that's happened in your life. Do you ever watch that thought turn into fear of losing it or it going away or feeling like a fraud? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, absolutely. And I, that, come, that fear comes from attachment. And so while I'm grateful for many things in my life, I also make it a practice to be aware that they're impermanent and that their, um, their <clears throat> contribution to my life will change as well. So as far as um, something that makes me happy now may not make me happy six months from now. And just acknowledging that. So I'm grateful in this moment for what I have, for what brings me joy um, but also aware that that will change. And um, just knowing that there will always be something to be grateful for, but that will shift and change for you as you shift and change. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I think that that bringing up attachment is so, I'm so glad that that was brought up in this conversation because we really have hit everything. And, and that was something we hadn't gotten to. And I think um Unattachment is really the key, one of the keys to happiness. Absolutely. I mean, nothing here stays. Nothing here is, is permanent other than God. Um, everything here dies, changes, shifts, um, and we don't have the control over it that we would like to. <laughs> the only thing that we have control over is our perspective, um, how, we're, how we're willing to see it. And, um, you know, my life now looks completely different than it did six months ago. So, um, and that, and that continues to happen. And yet I have this awareness of this peace within that is not affected by how my life looks and to focus on that carries me through and it's not always easy. And I do get upset and I do wish things were different sometimes, but then I come back to the peace. It's like I come back to, I go within, I come back to that peace because I can, I can feel that, you know, that there's something that carries me through, even though um, everything's changing. And all the things that I thought were mine, they just aren't. They're not mine. The only thing that I can control is my attitude and my perspective and whether or not I'm choosing fear or love. And in every moment, you have that choice. Every moment. And sometimes I forget. And sometimes I remember. And my experience um, will be influenced by my choice. And that's that's something that I always try to keep in mind. And just um, that uh, that's, what, that's what's helpful to me right now. So... Wow, you're so inspiring. This is so oh. good. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, I'm such a novice. <laughs> what? I'm such a novice. I'm no, really new at this. You're but, so uh. good. I mean, I, I'm so proud of this conversation. I just feel like it's gone into such amazing directions, and I've loved everything that, that you've shared so far. So, keeping it going, um, I want to get 
personal with you a little bit. Are you ready for it? Sure. It's all been pretty personal, pretty darn personal, but that's okay. Um, so I would, this is like my favorite question to ask anybody who comes on the podcast, because I think it really gives us a glimpse into your life and you as a person. So can you walk us through your morning routines and any specifics you do to start your day and how that's important to how the rest of your day goes? Maybe like the first few things when you wake up. Uh, the absolute first thing that I do before I, my feet touch the floor as I give my day to the Holy Spirit. Um, that I am willing to experience this day with the Holy Spirit. I'm willing to see my, my, my day, my experiences, all the people in my life with love. And that when I forget, please remember for me. When I forget, please choose love for me. Um, I love that prayer from A Course in Miracles. And I say that every day as well. I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent him who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me. I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. Mm, So beautiful. I'm here to be truly helpful. It's such so, 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 so good. I love that. It's a great shift, right? I mean, when when you say that, I'm here to be truly helpful, suddenly it's not about you anymore. You become an instrument of God, an instrument of peace. And so all good work, all good things are done through you. And you're you're just the conduit. So good. No pressure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So good. Um, Okay, so on that same coin, or the other side of that coin, I guess, what are some of your evening rituals? What are some of the last few things um, you do in the evening? In the evening, I try to be gentle on myself. Those times when I forgot, um, those times that I um, lost my temper, lost my way, um, I really take a moment to be with the Holy Spirit, review those things and give them give them over. You know, recognize um, that... Um, recognize my innocence, recognize the innocence in other people and, um, uh, ask for forgiveness, ask to be forgiven, ask to forgive the other person and, um, to give it over to my higher power, to the Holy spirit. That's really, that's really kind of it. I mean, um, prayer, a lot of people ask me to pray for them and, um, any, so I do that. And I, anyone who pops into my head, I pray for, I I don't, uh, have in, tensions necessarily when I sit down to pray whoever sort of floats through my mind that's who I end up praying for or anyone who's asked for prayer um and that's pretty much it for the evening I love that it's it's really funny it's like this found me I kind of think when I needed it to because I was doing this practice actually and I just like feel like I want to share this with you where in the evening um I would do a gratitude list and then I would also focus on three things from that day that went well three things that Mm -hmm went well three whatever Mm -hmm. and that's what I would go to sleep with rather than you know the worry of tomorrow or the worry of the craziness of the day that I was kind of replaying in my mind but this is kind of a different perspective of asking for forgiveness and really owning up to the things that that didn't go well so um I I really like that that's all (laughs) yeah but the key being recognizing your innocence um being, being willing to recognize your innocence yeah yeah I love that. Mm-hmm. So so um, now I want to get into um, being a writer. I'd love for you to talk about um, your book a little bit and then also just 
being a writer and how you stay inspired and maybe some practical ways of how you stayed focused to finish your book. I'd love if you could share a little bit about your writing routine. Sure. Um, my writing routine is that I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, every writer will tell you something different. There are some writers who write every day and um, uh, force themselves to write. And I think that that works for them. And I think that's awesome. Find what works for you. So um, I don't have a writing routine. I have been, you know, I would say since last spring, absolutely in a state of grief. And I, and I say that with love. Um, but you know, I'm letting go of a, of a 17 year old relationship. Um, I've been, I had been with my former husband since I was 17. And so letting go of all of this, I have not been writing. Um, and that's okay. And I really make sure that I take the time to, to, to acknowledge that it's okay because I'll have moments of feeling incredibly guilty, um, that I am not working on another book. Um, I do have other things in the works, but I'm not actively working on another book right now. Now the first book, um, that came very quickly. It was like, I had an idea and, um, a friend of mine told me about this contest called NaNoWriMo National Novel Writing Month. It happens every November and you write 50,000 words in 30 days. And so I had an idea for a book and I wrote my 50,000 words in 30 days and I loved what I had written. So I just kept at it and I was obsessed, absolutely driven and there was no stopping me and I knew I was going to get it published. So, um, you know, nine months later, I had a publishing contract and uh, it was published in this th this past April. So I think... Congratulations. Thank you. I think for me, that was all just, that all just had to happen and uh, it had to happen through me and I had the time and the willingness and, um, you know, when I say I had the time... <laughs> That's kind of funny because, I mean, I didn't really have the time, but time expands. When something has to come through you, time will expand. And it did. And um, so, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a very um, uh, diligent person. <laughs> um, I write when I'm inspired. And, uh, but there are times that I know that I'm, I'm also aware of when I'm avoiding because a lot of feeling comes up when I write. And, um, so if I'm avoiding writing, then I'm probably avoiding feeling. So I'm yeah. I, I, like we talked about before, I try to be aware of that. Um, but NaNoWriMo is a fantastic way for people to get started. Um, and there's one that comes up in April, I think as well. I think that might be for playwriting. Um, but it's, it's just really fun because there's so many people doing it at the same time. And that kind of keeps you motivated and you have no idea what you can do. Um, you really don't, don't know what you can do until you, um, what you're capable of until you try something like that. So I would recommend it. Mm, so good. I love that. So what are you most excited about in your life right now? And what is something that you're, you know, maybe challenging yourself with, or you're afraid of, but you're doing anyways? Oh, this is a good question because this is something that's been coming up for me in the past couple of weeks. I, um, like I said, I had been with my former husband since I was 17 and uh, I depended on him for so many things. And our, we had been married for 10 years. Um, and, uh, I'm looking forward to doing those things that he used to do on my own. I'm looking forward to freedom and independence and, um, doing that, you know, like we, like I said, we're still very good friends. So he does a lot of those things still. And, um, 
we're slowly letting go of one another in that in that area the the, the practical things like he always handled the money i want to learn i want to do that um i i work part time right now and i want to expand and work more and um i would like to make more money and um and just do more for myself and for my kids and acknowledge that I don't need someone else to do those things for me. This is huge for me. And it, it's kind of almost like um, embarrassing to admit. No. As much as I come across as an independent woman, there are aspects of my life where I'm, I've been very codependent. And so I'm looking forward to surrendering those and, and taking back um, my, uh, my power and my responsibility in those areas. That's what I'm excited about. So powerful and so brave. And I, and I know so many people can relate. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, no worries. So let's um, wrap with some quick fire questions. Are oh. you ready for them? I guess. <laughs> okay. So just say like the first thing that comes to your mind. Some of them okay. are bigger. Some of them are like really easy. Okay. okay. So favorite color? Blue. Favorite day of the week? Uh, Monday. Favorite hour of the day? Oh, noon. What's one non-negotiable of your day? Ooh, forgiveness. What is your greatest tool for staying on your spiritual path? Oh, gentleness. What is one thing that today you wish you would have known about five years ago? Mm, uh, that everyone suffers. Everyone's in pain. Mm, nice. What is the biggest lesson you've learned recently? Mm, that I am loved. Mm, good one. What is your favorite vegetable? Uh, right now, kale. So good. Favorite fruit? Apples. What is, let me give you a little scenario. Um, if you were hungry and you walked into your kitchen and you wanted to make something really good to eat, what would be your go-to thing? Um, right now, probably a frittata with lots of vegetables. Yeah. What is your favorite way to relax? Um, deep breathing and reading. What does your ideal day look like? Mm, the sun is out. Um, I spend it with a lot of people that I love. Um, sharing, helping, learning. Um, yeah, being outside. Nice. Where and when do you hear your ing voice or the Holy Spirit or whatever? Where do you f hear your intuition voice the loudest? Uh, when I'm willing. And it doesn't matter where I am, but just the willingness. How do you remember to listen to it? How do I remember to listen to it? Um, because I'm aware I'm not at peace. When I'm feeling not at peace, I know I have to choose again. Nice, nice. Um, if you could have any superhero power um, for a day, which one would you choose to have? <laughs> oh, um, strength, I guess. Physical strength. Why not? Yeah, why not? Nice. What is your favorite vacation? Um, camping or going to my family cottage. What is your favorite beauty ritual or taking care of yourself ritual? Drinking lots of water. Nice. What is your favorite meal you've had recently? Ooh, um, that's 
good. Oh, um, this um, spinach salad with roasted beets and goat cheese and walnuts. I love it. Yum. Favorite movie? Ooh, um, Scent of a Woman. Favorite book? Pride and Prejudice. Favorite song? Oh, um, uh, it's a tie between Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones and Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison. Nice. What is the best advice you've ever received? Mm, don't go to bed angry. It's good in special romantic relationships. <laughs> nice. Um, and then now, this is the last question I always ask. And as you know, the name of this podcast and my blog is The Wellness Wonderland. So mm-hmm. when I offer that term to you, The Wellness Wonderland, what does that mean to you to live in a wellness wonderland? Mm, I think it just means <sighs> to live your purpose, to be the best you that you can be, but while being gentle and kind and knowing that the present doesn't define you, that there's always more. Mm, such an amazing answer. Danielle, thank you so much for being here. And <laughs> tell everyone where they can find you and a little bit about where they can get your new book. Um, you can find me at my um, my website, daniellebooster.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest. I love social media, Google+, Plus, all of it. Um, and, um, my book is available on Amazon and in Canada chapters.ca and, uh, Barnes and Noble is available online. Yay. Okay. Awesome. Well, we will have the links to all of that below. Thank you so much for being here, Danielle. And thank you to everyone for listening. Bye. Thanks.